Hello, and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Dev Aoki, David Brothers, myself, Christopher Butcher, and our good friend, Chip Zdarsky. You can follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. You can also follow along with our recently launched publishing effort, Manga Explaining Extra, MSX, which actually, at the time of recording, launched two days ago, and I'm almost got enough sleep again from getting ready for that launch. That's good. <laughs> Making myself sick two weeks ago while getting this ready was a bad decision on my part, and uh, I won't do it again. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, we launched... Famous last words. We launched, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, famous last words, right? <laughs> it was good. It, it, uh, it went well. Thank you, everybody, for your support. I'm really excited. We're launching the first chapter of Okinawa in a couple of days, and I think people are really going to be surprised, and uh, hopefully in a positive way, because it's not a it's it's not a feel bad book, but it's not a feel good book either, and it's complicated and interesting. And yeah, I hope you all really enjoy it. You can find out more about it at mangasplaining.com or at our new URL mangasplainingextra.com. So you would say it's a feel something book. It'll, you're gonna have you're, the you're gonna have the feels. It's the, the, feels. <laughs> the feels. Gotcha. It's you know we're we're shooting for for Gen Z and the millennials. It's all about the feels, right? We, we are not. <laughs> mm. We are shooting for old people. Oh, BL. Boys love manga, which is true. Boys do love manga, but also boys love manga. We are we talked sort of about it and around it for nigh on two seasons now. In fact, as you're listening to this, it is our first year anniversary. Actually, February 9th, 2021 was the first episode of Manga Explaining. Whoa. So happy birthday to us. Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks for the warning. I didn't Thank get us you. anything. <laughs> right? is, is that our paper anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> Might be yeah, we all got the way things are going. David, you gave me the greatest gift you, you can give me on this podcast. You gave me a 16-page book to read. <laughs> <laughs> See? I won this season. I think David also gave us Deadpool Samurai, so we'll be talking about that a little later. Thanks, David. That's yeah. a, that's a great gift as well. <laughs> is that this week? Yeah, I, I believe wow. I believe it is going to be coming up after the break. Talking about Deadpool Samurai from Viz Media as part of our Viz Blind Date series. But but first, we're talking about we're talking about BL, and I think a one year anniversary episode is a pretty good considering all that we've gone through. Our favorite book, the only book we've gone back to to read more of BL Metamorphosis. Finally, reading a BL title, I was a little bit worried actually about suggesting the first BL title because it had to live up to the hype. We'd read five feel-good books about how BL will change your life. <laughs> Time to read your first BL. It better stack up, you know? Yeah, so if I don't like it, we'll just never read BL again, right? There will be no episode 51. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I found the most difficult is that BL is uh, full of tropes. It's a, it's a very tropey sort of uh, genre. And there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of the, the best stuff that I like relies on tropes in order to convey the basics of a story to let you really get into the nitty gritty. So you don't have to do, you know, seven volume epic series to talk about one idea. You can sort of communicate a lot of things quickly and then get to the, what makes you special, what makes you different, what you want to communicate that's, that's specific. And so when going through my vast array of BL that I've read, which isn't vast enough to be completely honest, but there's very little in the, very little in the genre that speaks to me as a gay dude, as opposed to the women for whom it is intended and who creates it. I actually came up with Our Dining Table by Mita Ori. It is published by Substack, or published by Substack. There you go. Slip. <laughs> 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 it's been a week, guys. 
<laughs> David, don't you no. dare. Uh, yeah. You better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This stays in. <clears throat> I came up with Our Dining Table by Mito Ori, published by Seven Seas Publishing. It is a one-volume standalone book. I tried to choose something short for, for Chip. It is about two people who are both 24, so that's already going to make sure that some people don't immediately turn off the episode. It's about food and romance. And I thought that food, because we all sort of really responded to food manga, especially in season one, was a nice way to sort of ease into a new genre. Our dining table is described thusly by publisher Seven Seas. Boys love cooked to perfection. Eating around other people is a struggle for salaryman Yutaka, despite his talent for cooking. All that changes when he meets Minoru and Tane, two brothers, many years apart in age, who ask him to teach them how to make his delicious food. It's not long before Yutaka finds himself falling hard for the meals they share together and falling in love. It's a sweet series. I think it's a sweet series. I liked it. <laughs> and I say this to get this out of the way first, so that we don't have a Nausicaa problem. <laughs> the Nausicaa problem? <laughs> the Nausicaa problem. That needs a footnote in the show notes. You know what? Since, I, since anyway. that episode, I've got to say, I've really come around to Nausicaa. Oh, no, you haven't. No, I haven't. No, you haven't. <laughs> no. So enough of Nausicaa, enough of my Freudian (laughs) slips. Our dining table. Good intro BL or what's all the hype? I'm going to start with Deb for this one because I think (laughs) she's the only person who, well, you had read this before (laughs) I recommended it. So I thought it might be nice to, to go to somebody who has a little bit more of a history with the title and with BL manga in general, just to sort of ease everybody into the episode. Deb, what did you think of our dining table? Oh, it is. It's very sweet, light, fast read. I'm curious to hear what the other guys think of it. Cause I read it, you know, it has a lot of the familiar beats of shoujo manga, the familiar things that almost all shoujo manga will be used to drive a relationship forward. The moment when one of them gets sick and the other one nurses them. You know, and then mm. there's, there's, I think it was, and there's the moment when actually we, we met each other years ago and I fell in love with you then. That's mm. another one. There is the, we are going to spend Christmas together, but somehow that won't work out. And then there is the, we are going to spend years together and that's going to be amazing. So yeah. there's a lot of things that are familiar to me, like, you know, like shoujo manga, like, so it's kind of comforting, right? It's like, like wrapping yourself in a warm blanket. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, but the thing that's interesting about boys' love and why it's kind of like a, a female gaze thing, I, I I used to struggle with this, but the, mm. the reason why it's like it works for female readers is that you can imagine yourself as either protagonist. So you can mm. either imagine like, oh, I'm like the guy, I'm like this guy, I'm kind of shy and introverted, or oh no, I'm actually like this guy. I have like bitchy resting face, but I'm really nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. So, like, whereas sometimes I read shoujo manga and, like, the female protagonist is stupid, ditzy, Mm. selfish, like, you know, just all kinds of yuck, right? And you're thinking, like, I can't deal with this. She's, oh, I can't can't get behind this character. She's horrible. And then it just turns you off the book. Whereas, like, BL, you can choose either one. Choose your player. Mm. (laughs) 
And so that's the appeal of that, I guess. And, you know, also to that by having two boys like in being in love with each other, that means that they're equals. They're not really subject to the gender expectations that females have to deal with and males have to deal with. They're just kind of like, they, they start on, on fairly equal grounds. But, you know, there, there will be other ways that they'll be unequal, right? Like one will be richer, one will be older, one will be taller, one will be more masculine. One, and it's not, this is not the type of BL, but one will have a bigger dick. <laughs> 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 anyway, stuff like that. But yeah. so our dining table is very sweet and, and, and you know, just kind of like, oh, very sweet and gentle. I'm like, oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. Oh, I kind of like you. But it kind of, it's like, it's like stepping into a, a, a jacuzzi, like one step at a time, you go into the story and then slowly it starts to dawn on you. Oh, they're going to, they're going to get together. <laughs> they're not just going to be pals. <laughs> and then it goes and then it goes and then it stops right before they do anything more than kiss because of the damn little boy. <laughs> that's probably for the best um, yeah maybe it is for the best <laughs> but it's a very cute story thank you deb that was that was a great uh did you well sorry did you like it yeah i liked it i mean okay. it's something <laughs> <She's> like, eh. <laughs> i think it's a cute introduction to boys love manga but mm. i i like a little more heat in my stew <laughs> <laughs> i like a little more heat She's in my chili but that's okay i can take the mild chili <laughs> Oh, no, actually, I should say, I'd like a little more heat in my burritos. <laughs> wow. There you go. I like De- a little Deb's, salsa. Jeff's like, what? Uh, how come I don't know which one's got the bigger D? <laughs> <laughs> well, the author doesn't even know, as we find out in the afterward notes, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> I remember you going off. I actually got to the end of this again, and I was like, oh, right. And I re- was, we were just doing the show notes for Blood Red Boy and the Q&A where you talked about how Boys Over Flowers was the most disappointing shoujo manga that you'd ever read because it was 36 plus volumes and it ended with them not even getting together and effing at the end, as I believe you said. And I was like, oh, they don't eff at the end of this either. That's no good. That was going to be. No, furious. no, no. That, no, no. That, I was more mad about Boys Over Flowers because it was 36 volumes and several years <laughs> of waiting for something to happen. This was mm. one volume and 20 something pages and you're like, oh. Okay, I guess it's that kind of boys love manga. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I, like I, I used, I used to be a, a a little bit of a Harlequin romance reader, and they always got to the sex, like always. <laughs> Except oh, yeah. for and and because I maybe I didn't get around to these years later. I did a story about Harlequin because they were in Toronto, mostly about the covers. Like we, I attended a cover photo shoot. For them, wow! In which they had like a, a a place downtown Toronto that they that they either owned or rented, which had like the three or four setups that they almost always use. So there was like kind of a bed bedroom, kitchen area, fireplace area, and then like a green screen mm. for everything else. And like they just had like these models kind of like rotate and do a bunch of them. But I ended up like talking to them about like imagery used on covers and things like that and like they, they talked a lot about like they had like the christian line of harlequin in which there was no sex until sometimes after they got the characters got married which mm-hmm. i which i found which i found really interesting the fact that they 
they had because I, I thought about that when I was reading this when you know they didn't have sex at the end. I was like, oh, this kind of feels like what it must feel like if you kind of accidentally picked up the Christian uh, Harlequin <laughs> romance novel. <laughs> <laughs> you get to the I'm here to you're like you the, what <laughs> the korean romances are like that too yeah <laughs> there's a lot of christianity in korea so yeah it, those k-dramas are pretty chaste <laughs> <laughs> maybe i can find it for the show notes we did like at the newspaper i did some sort of like harlequin themed sexy torontonian contest and the, the harlequin cover people actually mocked me up on a harlequin cover with like a really buff, with a really buff body, and I'll, I'll see if I can find it for the show notes. I want to see this. It sounds amazing. It's not. Wow. It's not my body. I will say that. You should claim it's your body. Oh yeah, it's good such promo. an idiot. God damn it! I mean, edit, edit it out. You have the power, David. Yeah, I'll edit it out. That's a the Zadarsko commemorative mug right there. It really is. Oh, God. <laughs> it's funny. I, I want to actually. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to get into actually what you guys thought, but I did want to just address this manga ends with them. They sort of have a kiss after New Year's and they're in a bedroom together and then it sort of fades to black and it opens back up and it's only, you know, a short time later because it's still New Year's Eve and he's gone to the bathroom, I guess, and he, you know, because he had to get up and go to the, one of the characters had to get up and go to the back room, has a nice talk with his with his you know boyfriend's dad, and it's just sort of like that's the most you get for sex in this and a lot of BL manga, that's kind of all you get until the last chapter. Mm-hmm. And the last chapter is like, all right, you've sat through the romance. You've wait, you've done everything that we asked you to do as a reader. Here is like a 22 page sex scene. Dun, dun, like, dun. <laughs> and that is one of the tropes of BL is that even series that are chased or what have you, will have that one chapter or if they can't get away with it if the mangaka can't get away with it they will go and do a doujinshi where the last chapter is all of a sudden all the things you couldn't put into the actual book itself i yeah. hope you put that hand gesture in the show notes that you just did. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna the video we're all recording video yeah, yeah. the youtube would be fantastic that thing of the final chapter being 22 page sex scene is that a little bit like like how Marvel movies always have the third act giant CG battle that uh, people are just come to expect. And like, and half the people like, and half the people are just like, Oh, whatever. That's not, that's not the part I'm here for. I guess so. I mean, like the, and the little, the little epilogues are kind of like the scenes after the credits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the Omeka. (laughs) (laughs) The author notes. I'm sure there's a joke there about sky beams and the glowing pillars of light uh, <laughs> penis trope where you can't actually draw a penis on the page. Oh, so you just white it out. And so it's just a glowing pillar of light <laughs> attached to the groin of your, your protagonists. And then sky. That's good. That's good. Actually. I think that's pretty fun. Marvel. If you're listening, you can use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Chip, you were talking. Let's, let's finish it up. What did you think? talking like a fool i really i really i really like this it was very sweet i had a bit of an issue like i know it's not pronounced this way but the kid's name i read it as tane (laughs) which immediately brings me back to paul rudd's celery man now tane i can get into (laughs) (laughs) that's that's all i thought every time the kid's name came up i just had paul rudd in my head (laughs) <laughs> that's that's for the show notes. That's oh, a nice little bit of are, uh, video content. Are gonna for the be show good notes. This week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is pronounced 
Tane. Tane. I, I figured something like that. Yeah. Also, <laughs> a kid immediately, I was like, oh, is this a thing? Is every kid goddamn Yotsuba? Oh! Yes, because <laughs> it's just it's just that light Florida. precociousness bringing people together, which I, I didn't I didn't mind. We I need just a jumbo really here. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Oh, there you go with the sex again, Deb. Jesus, we need a jumbo. <laughs> I, I found it very sweet. I really appreciated the the layouts. There were a lot of sweet moments that really nicely kind of pasted out and kind of the pages became a bit more airy for a lot of the, the kind of the sweet moments. There were, there were a lot of like pages that uh, I really, really enjoyed. One was when Minoru just kind of put the food right in uh, Yutaka's mouth. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, it's both like sweet, aggressive, yet not aggressive, sexual, but not sexual. And also considering Yutaka's problems with eating, like it's just this, this really unusual way to kind of begin to overcome that. Like I thought it was like, it's such a perfect moment in the story for a variety of reasons, which I thought was really, really smart. Page 52, yeah. The the only thing that I kind of was, was just like, that didn't really grab me was kind of after their first kiss, they kissed twice and then hold hands. After the first kiss, it became a lot of like really kind of drawn out. Like, should I say something? Should I not? What does he think? What's he doing? What's going on? What's going on? And uh, <laughs> it, it definitely, it's funny. Like going in, I didn't know if this was created by a, a man or a woman. But at that point, oh. I was like, oh, it's a woman. Because this reminded me, all of that just reminded me of a lot of like my relationships in my twenties, where I'm just like I made it with someone. I'm just like, oh, that was cool. All right, yeah, I guess we'll like keep on moving forward or whatever. And I don't even know half of what's going on in my my partner's head and all the crazy decisions that are going through. Just like, how does he feel? What does that mean? What is this? What's that about? What should I say something? Should I not say something? Whereas I'm just going on like an idiot. Just like, Ooh, that well, that's why nice. tarot cards are so so popular with teen girls. Does he, <laughs> yeah. like, does he, what does this all mean? Does he love me? I don't know. Yeah. We hear the guys just like, do, 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 do. oh, yeah, we made it. That was great. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's, and it, just, it, it reminded me of a phase of my life where you just don't, where myself as a dude just didn't question a lot. But 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 both these characters do, and they're just like they're pulling back, they're pushing forward. They don't know, but but there's also there's nothing really, there's nothing really said about what would stop them from saying these things, like either societal or with their own kind of, I mean a little bit with their own kind of past. But at that point, they seem very comfortable talking to each other, and then all of a sudden they're not, and that kind of that pulled me out a little bit. But then I recognized, well, that's probably just from where I'm coming from as a reader and nothing to do with the text. Cause I think mm-hmm. the audience for this would just be like, yes, of course they don't know how to communicate at this point. So yeah. So that's not a fault of the story. It's a fault of myself as, as a reader. You didn't think it was implicit, eh? Cause for me, it, there was, it, the issue was like, I'm sure as a, a female reader a female straight reader would probably come at it from a different place. But hmm. for me, it was like, Oh shit! I just kissed my bro. <laughs> I'm like, we're both dudes. We're both presumed straight because that's how society works. 
And I just like leaned over and kissed him on the stairs after I thought we were being bros. Does he hate me now? Does he think that I'm like a fag? Does he? Is whatever, he going to punch me? Is he going to punch me? Is he never going to see me again? Yeah. I just brought him into my my life, and he's got I've got a little brother that is in love with him, you know, and wants him to staying around. Like, did I screw everything up? And I and not being able to talk I, about it, I can felt I like can, societal pressure to me. I can I can that's I, I can see that, but like these guys did not act like like bros. Like in 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 the way that you're stating yeah. it, like just a bunch of dudes. Mm. Like they were very sweet and tender, and it wasn't like one person kissed the other. Like they shared a kiss and didn't push each other away or anything. Like I don't know. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like again, I think that's just me coming to it from a different place, but. And it didn't take me out of the story completely. I was just like, oh, okay. We're clearly at this point in the story where I'm just like, yeah, like you're going to go back and forth. Like, I don't know. I don't know for a bunch of pages and then end up together. Like it. Yeah. And they did that for two chapters. So I, yeah. I, I take your criticism. I think that that's fair. And, and it's not even, it's not, it's more of a criticism instead. of me than it is of the text. I don't know if, we, if they'd done it for one chapter, we could have got that extra bonus chapter where they had sex at the end for 22 pages. <laughs> this is going to be that kind of podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 The edit button. Sometimes I can put it on. Yeah. I, one last thing before we go to, to David's take, that I'm very interested to hear is that the kid, I, I like the fact that the kid brings them together and keeps them apart. I like, I like him as sorry to be so crass, but cock uniter and cock blocker. <laughs> yeah he's the he's the king of the cock blockers like it's 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 it's, it's it's really sweet i don't know i don't know if that's a trope through a bl manga like to have like something a, not, another person no. in their life to bring to actually facilitate the situation oh, you know what? it totally is and then yeah i guess keep so them from i was gonna say cementing that yeah like, this is totally a single dad manga even though he's a brother and like their dad's still alive like he's positioned yeah. as a single dad and that was something yeah, where I was like, oh, this must be a thing. Yeah. Well, he, so in BL manga, and if we'd read a BL, there's a, there's a good manga that's more of a BL explainer manga slash food explainer manga called What Did You Eat Yesterday? Oh, yeah. Fumi Oshinaga. I want to talk about that a little later. But they talk about BL manga tropes and how there's always in a BL manga, like when the two characters finally get together and admit that they like each other and you think things are going to be smooth sailing another sexy younger man comes into the picture mm-hmm. and wants to sleep with one or both of them to like distract and like be the third that like causes the tension in the relationship because this isn't a sexual manga at all. Like it's so sweet and so nice. The third man is his little brother. Who's just like constantly <laughs> cock blocking them. And it's so funny. Actually, it's so, so funny. <laughs> that drawing of them sleeping next to each other. And the one looks really frustrated with the brother sleeping in between them. Really good. Yeah, yeah it's so good. Page two thirteen. Yeah. I wrote my notes that says, "No sex tonight, boy." <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, so good. Uh, <laughs> There's a couple of things that are tropey in BL that this turns and tweaks and does little things. Little things like, like yeah, it is a single dad manga where he's got this, like he's got this responsibility, and that. The responsibility is why they can't be together. That's a huge trope in in BL. You know, obviously there's other tropes like, oh, but you're my boss or, oh, but you're my stepbrother. Luckily, this doesn't have any of those, but it does have tropes like that, that this is sort of tweaks. It's it's like he's got this huge, important thing he's got to do. And you would think that the dad would be dead. Like, that's that's one of the questions I was, I was like, oh, they didn't make them 
total orphans. Like, like their yeah. mom passed away. But yeah. usually in a situation like that, it's like, oh, I'm working three jobs to support my little brother who's whatever. Mm-hmm. Sort of like in Raw Hero, frankly. Mm-hmm. And that they sidestepped that really clearly and was like, oh, we're going to give like a normal family environment. It's just that the older brother had to step up to fill a well, lot of the roles that his mom couldn't. Because the, yeah. the father is incredibly irresponsible in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's an artist and you know how they are. I yeah. know, I know. <laughs> the one flaw is that the father doesn't look significantly older. No, he doesn't. No. So it was hard. That's it was hard to grok that little. Yeah, yeah. There's just adults and children in this manga. I think there's not mm. even really ages necessarily. Yeah, I felt. Yeah. <laughs> David, what was your take on this? We'll go multiple choice. Actually, I've got several. <laughs> so All right. First <laughs> is the thing that happened to me in real life. Second is. My favorite part. Third is mm. my biggest complaint. Okay, go. Do them all in that order. Which one? That's uh, perfect. That no, order? Yeah, the, the right, thing so that happened in real, real life. life. Yeah. So this is um, within someone who I'm not with anymore. She doesn't listen to this podcast, so it should be fine to tell this story. But while I was working at Image, I did an Image Expo. I think maybe my first Image Expo, which is this whole thing where I stand on stage for eight hours and like talk to people, comics artists. Mm. You know, I probably met Chip there. And we do an after party after where like I'm still on, like I'm still like dressed up wearing nice clothes and kind of still have to perform a little bit. And apparently I met an ex after the first image expo I hosted and she was kind of a dick to me at the after party. And I did not (laughs) remember this at all. And it was funny. She told me later when we started dating and it was funny reading this. And there's the moment where they run into each other like two years ago. And the one guy's really sweet. And I was like, oh, this is like the, the bizarro version of what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that actually kind of ties into my favorite part, which are like all the little moments in this. Like the most successful things for me were things like, even though it's really unlikely and melodramatic, like the meeting two years ago is kind of cute. But the chapter mm-hmm. art, like the first page of each chapter, the two panel sort of like a look at something and then an evolution of that thing is really cool to me. Like, I love chapter art and manga. There's something about it where, like, it can really set a tone. And I think for this one yeah. especially, like, I'm looking at chapter four on page 123. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> which is the dad having fun with uh, Tane. And even though he's, you know, kind of a crappy dad, he's there, like, the love is still there, at least. You know, his sons yeah. don't feel neglected in that sense. And I think that's really important. And so that was really cute. The my biggest complaint actually is mentioned in the author's note when oh, she says that? that she didn't have enough time for where did it go? Oh, there are so many things I didn't get to draw, like how the piercings Minoru wore were from his mother, or dad's ceramics, or Yutaka's actual job. Their lives bloom so vividly in my mind that they become precious to me, like family. All that stuff is what I wanted to see in this book and like mm. wasn't mm. there in mm. favor of like chip you know who you know, i've had relationships in therapy before the questions about like getting over exes and where, whether you should do relationships they felt so basic to me it kind of took it away that's more mm-hmm. like chip was saying a me thing more than a book thing because that's not what yeah. the target audience to this once because as soon as he was talking to the guy's dad about you know is love worth it and it's like this guy's a widower and he, he was just telling you he still talks to his wife like obviously it's worth it it's incredibly powerful but yeah. that's you know like mm. thirty eight years of experience speaking versus twenty six years of being a fictional character. 
So that was kind of funny. <laughs> Something else I realized about this, though, this might be the first BL I've read that doesn't have sex in it. And I'm oh, wondering what that says really? about my friends and what they've recommended to me over the past like 15 years. <laughs> well, uh, that, that's, inter- that's interesting. Don't think too hard what's, about it. <laughs> what's, the, what's the percentage of BL produce in which there's sex and not sex? That's like it's real high. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not. it's like one third, really two thirds. I think one thirds with sex, two thirds yeah. without. No, 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 no. Uh, the opposite. Oh, okay. Okay. Because gotcha. I was just wondering if your friends were just suggesting books that because all the books have sex. Like, yeah. In hindsight, it was like, just porn. Just yeah. Porn. <laughs> like one of the <laughs> the oldest BL actually I have. It might actually be Yaoi from that era more than when we called it BL is some One Piece Dojinshi with Zoro and Sanji. Oh yeah, like, that's a popular right, pair. Covers, yeah, ridiculous for like a small press book in the U.S. It would cost like forty dollars at Ape. <laughs> so like that, I was waiting for the moment where it's like, oh, and now they're all going to do it, and it never happened. And I think that's actually fine for this story. I was surprised. I wasn't disappointed if that distinction makes sense. But All even right, like, yeah. you know, working at Viz, I've proofread some sublime books for Ginny LeBlanc, the podcast's close personal friend, and all of those were filthy. <laughs> so <laughs> the sweetness was unexpected and kind of pleasant. And even though I thought the part where like he draws his his stick figure version and kind of tells his history was kind of cheesy, yeah. I got what they were going for. And it was kind of like emotionally beautiful. And also, I think yeah, I like the I like execution of that part more than some of the regular drawings. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, I, I could see like, that. The rest of the book is, it looks good. It's fine. The drawings of shoes are actually really good, but it's not super remarkable. Like, it's good, mm-hmm. but it's not something I would like go running home to talk about necessarily. Yeah, But this section was so simple, but still so evocative. Like page 138, his face when they're saying, you know, Yutaka, you're such a slob when you eat. They're getting a lot across with just like a little stick figure face, really mm. basic features. Yeah, His sweating face on the mm. next page as he's eating is so good. You know, this is sort of fun eating by myself. I know he's crying, not sweating. He's crying. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It was sort yeah. of like you could see this happening in like a Wes Anderson movie or something. Yeah, Mm-mm. the ex- the expressions throughout were were really good, but the rendering was mm. not like like the 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 line weight was just kind of just all over the place and n- nothing ever felt like a real conscious decision. So I think that's what made the childlike drawing stand out because they they take oh. away mm-hmm. rendering by making it all kind of one style mm-hmm. of rendering, and so the actual yeah. art actually shines through more. With the expressions and the poses. And it's kind of got a messy screen tone, too, which I love. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to love messy screen tone. Like, like doing it myself. So fun. <laughs> Chris, I have a question, and you're not allowed to turn off the podcast <laughs> after I ask it. <laughs> so, halfway through the book... I, know, I can't speak for anybody else, but yeah. I realized who the two main characters reminded me of. And it's mm. Ichigo from Bleach and Aizen from Bleach. And like it hmm. messed me up a little bit. It, they're not directly the same design, but they're close enough to where they're kind of like maybe an evolution of that type of character. Mm. Especially when they, when he says, 
what is it? Page 230. Let's eat together always. Let's live together. I'm like, geez, mm-hmm. I saw this in Bleach at some point, which was another kind of funny <laughs> angle to this. Because <laughs> <laughs> also most of my experience with BL is slash material, oh. you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all know that Fifty Shades of Grey was basically like Twilight fanfic, Twilight. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I know they make BL that are designer imposter versions of established properties, Absolutely. let's say. Like mm-hmm. my favorite, actually, I wish I still had the name. We all read Naruto volume one for the podcast in season one. The voice actresses for Naruto and Sasuke did a BL romance together with different oh, names really? set wow. in like a, like a cafe, like a diner. And I just assume it sold like a jillion copies. Like a drama CD? Yes. Yeah, like a drama CD. Oh my God. Where they, where they, they're, they, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Like the character design was very close, you know, a, a spiky blonde guy, a tall, dark haired guy. So like that stuff hmm. does, that was my main hmm. exposure to BL. So I think I'm still a BL newbie, but weirdly not a BL porn newbie. Yeah. Well, that's the stuff that's, a, that's most available, right? Yeah, it's, hmm, it's hard to. It's a complicated situation, but BL in North America only, almost only exists because of the hardcore fans of porn, BL and doujinshi and things like that. We got like early important BL titles like Heart of Thomas and Song of Wind and Trees and things like that. We got those years after we got multiple dedicated imprints of <laughs> porn BL from like many publishers. So. It it did come from slash fic, which is when two characters that you like from a popular series are put together in a romantic, hard air quotes on romantic situation that ends in sex. Usually it comes from from Yaoi, which is the sort of doujinshi that would have people, you know, famous characters banging in male male partnerships or male 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 or male 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 male. At some point, we'll have to introduce Chip to Japanese adult video titles as well but that's a whole other podcast (laughs) i'm trying to stay on track (laughs) sorry the fact that we get stuff like this at all is a little bit shocking because of how heavily the market is weighted towards hardcore in the last week or so i've read i've read a lot of these sweet ones like you know there's restart after coming home that one's really yeah that's the other one that's really sweet and then I, i was reading my love mix up that's really mm. cute. And then I have a I Cannot Reach You. Those are all kind of along the same flavor. I was gonna I'll recommend them at the end. But it's like if this is your speed of boys love or this is the kind of you know, boys love that you like, there is stuff out there. Sure. And the first BL that I read was Antique Bakery, which wasn't technically BL. It was just a bunch of men working in a bakery together, completely in love with one another, but it wasn't BL. It was by Fumio Shinaga. <laughs> and it was just like, sure. People are very upset about describing things as BL or Jose or Shoujo or Sanin or whatever. But long story short, it's not, it is porn, but it's also not porn. It's erotica. I, I, and I know that there's just the thinnest sliver of difference between those two things a lot of the time. And there is porn, like there is straight up porn in, in this space, in the BL space and the, 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 the porn space, but there's also erotica and there's also romance and it's sort of a sliding scale and all those things exist. But the industry came to North America, that the, the existing Japanese industry came to North America through the porn, through the like most hardcore kind of a stuff. And it's, it's defined it to this day. And I think that there's always been sort of one-offs here and there. 
titles like this, for example. But even then, I remember, I'm not going to name the title, but I had, there was this really sweet high school romance. And, you know, I was a gay kid in high school who was pretty closeted. It was really nice to go and read like, you know, two 16 or 17 year olds finding each other and falling in love. And I thought this was like the sweetest, nicest little romance. One of my friends who works in BL Publishing, who actually was the person who recommended our dining table to me, I was talking about how this book was really nice. And she was like, oh, it's not nice at all. That's just the first book. It gets gross. And I was just like, all right, there we go. It's like, yeah, the author's done Dojinshi. There's sequel novels. They bang all the time. And you're just like, okay. like I'm horrified. Yeah, is a delightful whatever. And it's, it is erotica. It is, it is firmly fantasy. And that's another big part of this that I think it's lost in, in things sometimes is that you're reading this book. And your responses to it are are all valid. It's like, man, two chapters of will they, won't they? And how does he feel about me? And it's like, you're 24. Go ask him. Go ask him <laughs> how he feels. Or tell him how you feel. One of the two. Yeah, I get it. I am over that shit. But at the same time, there are genre conventions. It's, it is fiction. Yeah. You need that push and pull for it to be a story. Because if everyone just expressed their feelings immediately, we wouldn't have fiction. But, and it but, would be great. But actually. usually there's... Like, there yeah, there are very rare exceptions. But, but usually there's an external force that actually causes that. Like there isn't that here. Like if there was like a, a third person of somebody who they think is actually the, the other person's in love with or an ex that comes out of the woodwork, like, like I get that it's like a genre convention, but like there's ways to do it in which it's like, not just, uh, should we, shouldn't we? That shit and people don't. Yeah. yeah. And I, I get it. I get it. But it's it has to be internal because it has to be about people's feelings because that's what this genre well, it can be is. Both. It's about what your feelings are. Yeah, I, it could. And maybe we'll maybe Dick Fight Island will have the <laughs> maybe. subtlety and nuance that you are hoping for. Maybe. As we read that in <laughs> five or six weeks. I've got yeah. a question about how how one of the other characters is from Bleach 2, yo? Is that, is that what your question is? <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> No, it went out of my head. I just had it. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Chris. No, go for it. <laughs> You're just like Tane. Oh, yeah, so just like in terms of genre, genre conventions and expectations, and something yeah. else I want to get back to, as you mentioned, it was very tropey. But before that, the if one of the chapters of Will They, Won't They was instead that they fail at dinner, like he's awkward and then ha- runs home or something oh. like that, because that doesn't That'd actually happen. You know, we, he yeah. says he's awkward and, you know, his coworkers are, you know, jerks about it, but everything just kind of clicks with these two, which is great. Like from a romance perspective, I think it's very much a nice slide into a relationship. But I think for a story that kind of sets up a conflict, which is his social anxiety and Minoru's kind of too busy to have fun approach, like they'd fit together like lock and key. Like there's yeah. no kind yeah. of conflict there. I think even just one chapter of that kind of nervousness versus like the separate mm. like, is this good? Is this bad? Might have it seemed it might have accelerated a for me. Yeah. Like, there, yeah, like there was a part where like Minoru just kind of like it takes a wild guess that Yutaka is adopted, and that's the and that's the source <laughs> yeah, of the that anxiety. It's like, wow, <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> good guess, yeah. dude. Yeah, you guys are on each other's wavelengths. Yeah, Dev was like, oh, this bodes well. They're going to be fucking by page 50. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I just 
thought it was like, oh, normally this is, gets drawn out way longer. Like, you know, and like Dave yeah. was saying, like this, why is he like this? I don't know. No. This is not normal. How come he's so anxious? And like, then, then there would be hints of like, you know, his dark past, but it would be revealed much more slowly. But instead, it's just like, dude, are you adopted or something? It's like, mm, mm. yeah. It's like, oh, well, that was so resolved in, way, in one panel. My complaint is that it's not drawn out enough. I would like to revise mm. it. <laughs> Give me more. When I was pitching these kinds of manga, and not necessarily just BL, when I was pitching mm. these kinds of manga at, at Viz, I, I came up with the title, the, the genre title, Meatloaf Manga, Comfort Food Manga. It's the idea that it's manga. R.I.P. Meatloaf, by the way. Un- <laughs> oh. It is unchallenging. It is it is like you just go in and it is warm and nourishing and just require you know, much chewing. Maybe there's a little maybe you used a spicy <laughs> yeah. ketchup instead of a regular ketchup for the crust that day, but that's it. Like you're getting meatloaf, <laughs> right? And people are gravitating to that. We haven't in, we haven't really gone into that. And some of that seems like it's explainer manga, but a good example of that is a, a manga that's coming out right now called Laidback Camp, which also got an anime adaptation and it's literally just about four girls and they go camping it's like 10 volumes or something now and they just they go camping they hang out sometimes things are okay and sometimes oh it rained it just keeps going it's that and it's just oh i I wish i had four girls that were my friends that i could go camping with and hang out and whatever and that's it that's the whole manga like it's so unchallenging but it is so popular because so much of the rest of our lives are so fucking challenging <laughs> that you just want to go somewhere and hang out with your fictional friends and not have troubles or have just the minorest inconveniences that are mostly about you in your own head. And this is that version of BL. And my God, are there other versions of BL where everything is a nightmare on every page <laughs> and it's only punctuated by fucking. Uh, it's like oh my god my boss has come back and he's dating my brother but he keeps putting the moves on me i just found out i have to like choose one of them or i will be written out of my father's will it's a good thing i'm gonna have sex for the next 20 pages and we'll find out what my decision is next time that's bl it just cranks up and cranks up and cranks up and you're just like makes you a nervous wreck yeah like it's so intense like i like i'm okay so i'm reading this bl right now that's on this korean webtoon platform called lazen it's called painter of the night Mm. It, Painter it, of the night. it is wow, making me title. so anxious because <laughs> it's it's a historical. I mean, the 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 lead one of the lead characters is kind of a psychopath, and then mm. it it kind of it just and just when they're kind of getting together, something horrible happened in the last chapter. So it's like, <gasps> it's it's intense. <laughs> so, mm. but I can't recommend it to you guys because one, it's not Japanese, and two, it is a ride. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, it's funny. There was that other one about those two bros who go on a road trip. It was kind of like Final Fantasy 15, but but they're, they're sort of both punks that you recommended. And the cover on the second one is them in a nonsense. Oh yeah, Happy Boys, ha- like Happy Boys, Happy Home, or something like that. Like what was it called? Yeah, something like that. And it's just like that. I feel like is like the next level up from what we've read here. It's like yeah, there's some conflict, and they're both kind of edgy and whatever. But it's still like it's just two bros hanging out, and some stuff happens, and then they they bang. It's a sublime title. They definitely bang in that. Oh one. yeah, Those bad boys, happy home. Yeah, <laughs> bad boys, happy home. They're bad boys, but they make a happy home together. I, I think Good. it's like a, we'll the, the guy, time. the artist was a shonen manga artist. I think so. That's why it has a certain look. Whoa. There you go. That sounds kind of cool. You'll probably look at it and go like, "Yeah, this is bleach." 
<laughs> you like delinquents, right? I love delinquents. Are you kidding? But actually, there's in terms of BL, there's I believe it's called World's Greatest First Love, another Sublime title. Oh yeah, I yeah. Proofread it when I first started at Viz. I thought I was being hazed a little bit because it's about <laughs> BL drama yeah. a manga company. <laughs> but there was a subplot in it where an older guy was dating a younger. I don't think it was a subordinate, but a younger coworker, let's say. And the older guy was nervous about his body because the younger guy was really hot. And so it was like 20 pages of the older guy being like, man, like, I don't know, like, you know, I'm pushing like 40 or 50 or however, you know, old anime people are. And the end result was the guy being like, no, look, I love you. I don't care. And also you're hot to me. So stop freaking out. And that kind of sweetness reminded me of this quite a bit where it's sort of, if anyone like sent one text message, all the problems would be fixed, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. But it's fine because, you know, the genre demands it being drawn out a little bit. But Chris, you said BL was tropey earlier. Do you think it's tropier mm-hmm. than other genres? Yeah, actually. And I think it because it's because it developed in a fan space. And this is like, I could be talking out of my ass here. There'll be BL scholars in the comments if I am. Batting down the hatches, yeah. here they come. <laughs> but, but for real... Like BL started in shoujo manga, which is why so many of the the tropes are sort of extensions of shoujo tropes. And I think that there's nothing. Again, this is not a negative comment. People use trope like it's a a, a club to hit people with and and to hit kinds of media with. And I think it's shitty. But I think there are a lot of shoujo tropes in BL, but not all of them. But when you get into BL, and I remember when Dev introduced it, it's like you've got to have the dark haired character and the light haired character. You've got to have the seme and the uke, which the top manga and the bottom. mentioned. The top and the bottom, like who's the top in the relationship? Who's the bottom in the relationship? As manga mentioned it in the last, you know, the author notes at the end. I didn't even figure out who that was in this manga because that wasn't the kind of story I was telling. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of nice. I couldn't tell you there actually. Perhaps I'm different, but yeah, David, to answer your question, like the real BL stuff sort of developed in parallel to what we think of as slash fiction in North America, like writing mm-hmm. up stories, slash stories, and it was the fan communities looking at like going, oh, you can have manga like you know song of wind and trees kaze no tan or kaze no tan kaze uh no ki yeah it's song of the wind and trees song of wind and trees you can have you can have characters that are men getting together what if they was popular characters that i liked what if it was whatever that's where things like comicet which is the biggest comic convention in the whole world comic market in japan it started from those people doing that kind of material as well as the sci-fi nerds doing their kind of fanzine stuff as well as the calm magazine artsy you know tezuka cast off artsy and straight magazine porn too right kind of so it's not just and it's, straight, it's not yeah, just straight slash. Porn as well hmm. so all of it comes together and it makes comic market and this market is female driven it's female created it's for primarily female audiences there's a huge tension even the official sources from a sort of male perspective admit there was a huge tension because the male readers the male members of comic were shitty to the women who wanted to do bl even though they were like half of the people that were doing it all of that said it comes out of this space where it's like we're inventing our own work the mainstream manga industry is not making it like they are not making bl they are not making whatever we're going to start our own magazine we're going to start whatever suddenly it catches on eventually it builds into sort of what it is now where it's this huge section of the industry that every publisher has a BL in print and publishes, well, almost every publisher publishes BL in some way. They don't like to talk about it. It's, it makes them a ton of money. They don't like to promote it. It's just its own thing. It's for its own people. We're just going to put it over there and, and, and forget about it. But it's huge, right? And it comes out of a fan space. And I think you have to 
really respect that and that's where because that's where its origins are and that there's all these different kinds of things but if it starts because it's like you like two characters in a manga that you like and you want to see what happens when you make your action figures kiss as opposed to previous episodes where we talked about two action figures just being slammed together and that was the whole manga i think that that's that's valid and so it can have tropes and it can have these kinds of things and it's not to say that it hasn't blossomed and it hasn't mm-hmm. diversified and that there's all kinds of BL manga. There's BL manga being made by dudes, by gay dudes now that actually isn't just about women for women, you know, w- women's stories for women readers. BL is a genre that is capable of telling lots and lots of stories. And this is basically the laid back camp version <laughs> of one of those stories where it's like, what if you just wanted to luxuriate in an unchallenging romance where things were nice? And every and all the art was like just good enough that you were never pulled out of the story, but you didn't love the art. But it it hit the things that you liked. Little things like he's walking down the street and it's it's cold. So there's little puffs of breath behind him as he walks from where his warm breath, you know, made a puff of air. Little things like that are beautiful touches in this manga. But also you get a close up on a face and it's like, yeah, you don't know how to use line weight, do you? <laughs> That's okay. It's not about that. So it's when we talk about tropes, it is very negative. And I feel like I would feel awful if that's what people took away from what I said, especially at the beginning of the podcast, because we're now 52 minutes in somehow and (laughs) I'm still talking, but yes, long story short, I think it is tropier than other genres. I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think that there's a diversity of material being published that isn't necessarily tropey or doesn't necessarily have to adhere to any kind of standards. And that's great too. Full stop. I asked because being oh a BL God, movie. This was, that was the first part. Yeah, this was the first part. Being a BL movie, and my favorite genre of comics, I always call them, you know, violence comics, like action manga, action comics. Yeah. It doesn't feel any less tropey than action comics to me. Like there are still expectations, there are still things that I recognize as kind of feeling like tropes. A lot of like mm-hmm. the laying down, like the panel of someone laying down quietly alone with someone else. I feel like I've seen in a dozen manga, but I think the tropes are what makes it fun because we've all seen Batman jump off a roof and kick a guy in the face, but we haven't seen like how Jim Lee would do it or Chip Zdarsky would do it or something like that. Like that's what makes it interesting. So I think, yeah, like you're saying, like people use tropes as a bad word. Mostly I feel like because of TV tropes where oh. they kind of treat mm-hmm. it as a bad word. But the tropes are like the genre signifiers, you know, it's, you know, him being kind of the sad older brother. It's Yutaka being kind of depressed and quiet. Like there's so many, there's a panel on page 167 of him looking down at his tea after they kiss. And it's like a super good, like emotional vibe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Like tropes aren't bad at all. But I think that once you start to recognize them, it kind of changes how you read the work a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And you're right. And to reinforce your point, I liked the Golden Kamui episode, even though Chip didn't like Golden Kamui as much as Vinland Saga. And I like that episode because he liked Vinland Saga so much more. And those two creators are pals and they like respect each other's work. They read each other's work. They love each other's work. And we've been doing this podcast now for, for, for a year, for 50 episodes. And we've mostly been picking and choosing stuff and not always in the same genre or the same space or the same style of story. So we don't always get to compare manga against each other to see what they do, to see what the tropes of the genre are. And that was a really good episode because it was like, we literally just last week read a difference, like the other big story in this specific space. And now you get to compare the both of them. 
I thought that was great. I think that if when we read more BL, like we've got, like I said, we've got Dick Fight Island coming up in a month, <laughs> and Birds of Shangri La. So we're yeah, oh, Birds yeah. of we're, we're taking yeah, we're taking we're going straight up to ten. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to be able to say, oh, I can see what our dining table was doing that is also being done in these other books, but I can see what it was doing that is nowhere near these other books. <laughs> do I think that's good or bad? Do I think it's good or bad for that story or for these stories I'm reading now? I think that that's the fun part of, you know, the manga. This podcast is designed that you can just drop in and listen to an episode. You know what I mean? But I think the fun part of it for us is we're going to keep reading manga <laughs> and be able to like talk about things in a continuity of the manga that we've read and in the larger continuity of the manga that's being published. And I think that that's, I don't know. I think it's going to be cool. I think that year two is going to be really fun for that where we get to go back to series and we get to go back to genres and styles. I want to do more Jose. I want to do more old Jose in particular because <laughs> Helter Skelter was a really long time ago now and I want to see how we all feel now that we've read <laughs> now that we've recovered other, other books. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, I was so. going to say like, you know, like when I picked Birds of Shangri-La, the Choose Your Own Adventure, the other fork of that Choose Your Own Adventure was kind of like maybe something in between this book and Fight Island, which is Cherry Magic. Cherry, cherry Magic. magic. I've never title. heard of it, but I don't trust anything with cherry in the title. Cherry Magic no, can 30 no. years of being a virgin make you a wizard. <laughs> it's really cute. 30 years of being a virgin make you a wizard. Well, it's like it's like someone came up with because a title and then reverse to... engineered it to come up with a story. <laughs> oh, it's it's fabulous. It's super funny. It's you like, might be right. about two office yeah. workers and one guy's a virgin, right? And so because he's He's 30 years old and he's a virgin. He has he has gained the magical power of being able to read people's minds when he touches them. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, that's so, amazing. He finds out that when he touches his his coworker, who is cute, and they kind of have like this generally friendly but not super close relationship, he finds out that his coworker is secretly hot for him. Mm. Oh, it's of cute course. and it's so hilarious. <laughs> And there's a live oh. action drama version. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I might throw this at you guys just so you guys can get that little in between. <laughs> wow! Well, welcome to the Cherry Magic Podcast, where we only read that from now on. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've said everything I have to say about our dining table, and then some. Would anyone else like to offer up any final thoughts before we go to the break? We didn't talk about the epilogue. Oh, the epilogue. Oh. Yeah. Tell me about what you thought about the epilogue. I, th- I thought it was really sweet. I, I, I like that they did that. It's almost like they replaced the idea of the, the final sex scene with, ah, but here's the happily ever after scene of them and their, their cute family yeah. life. I also really like the fact that in the final panel, Minoru is young Constantine. I was going to say, he finally is like dressed up, but now I get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would read that comic, that manga. <laughs> yeah. I think that's also a pretty good joke to end on as well. When he's, <laughs> when I keep wanting to call him Tane. Yeah, just call him Tane. It's Legends <laughs> and there's Octane. So, Octane here, he says, You were doing fine without you. Welcome back, big brother. And I don't know why, but that's such a funny joke to end a heartwarming story on. Like, uh, nobody loves you joke. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we, were, we were fine without you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I also want to give a shout out to Cookie Rice and a Donabe. I can vouch for it. Mm. It's very good. 
Yeah, we didn't talk about the food at all, but it was, it was cute. I thought it was nice and it made me hungry. Yeah. They also barely talked about the food, so I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. that is fair. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it felt like it was going to become a f- bit of a food manga, but then it really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if, like for my final thought, I think that I would have liked to see more about food and how they interact with it and each other while mm-hmm. eating. Cause they had meals, but like the meals weren't important necessarily, or it's not important. Significant just means important. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Find the word right now. But I liked it. It was a really overall a pretty sweet manga. Exactly. Something like that. Something that like really matters in that way for, to the story. But there's a good sunset on the first page, the color page. And I'm excited to see what BL depths and heights we climb and descend to <laughs> next year. That sounds <laughs> delightful. I apologize in advance. As we as we climb <laughs> as we climb those thick veiny heights. And yes. slide down those slippery slopes. <laughs> <laughs> oh Deb. Well then, thank you so much for listening to our dining table by Mita Ori. We'll be back after these important messages. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It is time for another Manga Blind Date. This segment is brought to you by Viz Media, who sent us this book to check out. None of us have read it before, until now, so we're just going into it blind. This time, we are reading a very special manga. It's <laughs> called Deadpool Samurai Volume 1. But I say manga with quotes around it, because it's Deadpool Samurai by Sanshiro Kasama and Hikaru Uesugi. It is translated by Amanda Haley, touch-up and lettering by Walden Wong, and edited by our very own David Brothers, who is going to sit off to the side and try not to make faces as we discuss this book. (laughs) So, let us consider what is Deadpool Samurai. How about you, Chris? What would you like to tell us about Deadpool Samurai? (laughs) Well, for reasons that serve the plot, Deadpool is sent to Tokyo to join a new Tokyo edition of the Avengers, which none of the other Avengers are joining, and has to recruit different existing Japanese, or new, frankly, Japanese superheroes to join and be part of his his 
Tokyo Avengers team. Hilarity ensues. It's Deadpool is by far, and I, I don't know how to explain this any better than just saying he's just the most popular Marvel character. Out of every Marvel character in Japan, it's Deadpool is number one. More popular than Spider-Man, more popular than Iron Man, and those are two and three, or three and two, depending on the day of the week. But like Deadpool is just head and shoulders in terms of popularity. So it makes perfect sense to have a Deadpool character written in Japan that ran in Jump Plus, which is where like I think Don the Don is running in Jump Plus and Spy X Family is running in Jump Plus. So this ran alongside some of the Shonen Jump titles that we've already covered here on the on the podcast. And yeah, having it sort of semi the movie version of Deadpool, but in comics, sort of semi adjusted for a Japanese audience. And it's just I it's exactly what I just said and also not what I was expecting in any way. Actually, what were you expecting? Yeah, I was expecting like I was expecting to read like a like a Deadpool story, like a Deadpool, like North American Deadpool comic book, but drawn by a Japanese artist, Japanese manga artist. And this is something that is very much more Deadpool as a character, especially as he exists in the films rather than the comics. As, like, but in a manga context, not just a Deadpool story drawn manga style. And that was the thing that took maybe the most getting used to for me is that every once in a while something would happen and I would bump up against it being a manga rather than a drawn, you know, in an air quotes manga style or drawn by a manga creator. So, yeah, it was, it's just a, it's, I find it a deeply weird project, but I don't think it's bad. I just think it's like, deeply weird yes that's that's my first take on it i got more to say chipper though that's uh, i i find that i find that take really weird like this just reads to me as the comic book deadpool the marvel north american comic book deadpool going to japan and he also happens to be a fan of manga and understands manga tropes because of course he does he understands all the tropes of everything like he's just he's he's that character he's the fourth wall breaking character and and he's here in Tokyo uh, making jokes about Kodansha, which cracked me up right away. Like That was a great joke. Opens with a joke about send the bill to Kodansha. Like, very, very smart. Very funny. And like like the humor through this, if you're a Deadpool fan, like you're going to love this. If you're a Deadpool manga fan, you're really going to enjoy this. Like I don't know. It, it, hit, it probably hit more buttons for me now than it would have at the beginning of our, our venture here with manga explaining. Just because I kind of caught more. Like, obviously, like Kodansha, I didn't know what a Kodansha was, frankly, when we started doing this podcast. But yeah, like, it was, it was charming. It was funny. Like, all the, all the meta stuff, like, because it just leans right into it, it, it just works really, really well. I laugh a lot at the Matrix bullet time sequence, which is a very, very Deadpool <laughs> joke. That was the best sequence in the whole book. It's, it's very funny. I love that. I, I I will say I mean especially since that's you know while it was one of my favorite scenes in the book it also really highlighted that the art maybe did not meet the script on this the way it could have except for the depictions of the symbiote the venom symbiote which I thought was really really well drawn and oh, I kind of so agree on that. I kind of I kind of want to see a venom comic from this artist. All of that was really good and the fact that it was like a pop star symbiote like if marvel doesn't just steal that for the north american comics they're fools 
<laughs> no, I thought that the Venom character or the symbiote character was definitely my favorite depiction of any of the characters in the book for sure, by like a wide margin. Yeah. And then, you know, the art throughout, yeah, was was kind of hit or miss, but had good comic timing, which I thought was really good. Yeah. And, you know, the the sequence with the building blowing up, I thought was and then the joke around the building blowing up in the first chapter, I thought was really strong as well. And there's, you know, there's really some really good stuff in it. And then even the like bullet time section, which was kind of awkward, was still it executed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the art hit on the joke. It was really just and I got to be honest, I don't read a lot of Marvel comics these days. So what? I don't know if, like how Marvel has gone about. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm not on Marvel splitting. Someone invite me. I don't know how Marvel has gone about incorporating the like movie continuity with the comic continuity with the manga continuity. Like, I don't I don't know what that is, but it like the characterizations. Yeah, it just felt it just felt off to me from my comic reading experience. And I don't watch the Marvel movies either. So, Jesus, you know, I'm probably for the Marvel side of this. I'm okay, so let me just get this straight. The chip of the, <laughs> let me get this straight. You don't watch the Marvel movies. You don't read the Marvel comics. This felt a little off from the Marvel version. Is what you're saying? <laughs> off from the Marvel version that I read. Oh, like, just yeah, just stop. Yeah, just stop. Just stop talking. Deb, you go. <laughs> Please. Well, I guess my observation is that most most Japanese readers don't read Marvel comics. They watch the Marvel movies. Mm. So this is basically assumes that you, you, you're a fan of the Marvel movies and it brings you all the greatest hits of that, right? You've watched Deadpool, you've watched Avengers. So there's cameos by Loki. There's cameos by Bruce Banner. There's Captain America and stuff like that. So it hits those notes. And then I think it equally makes fun of both shonen manga tropes and American comics. Yeah, like there's like these footnotes. It's like that's the trouble with American comics. You have to read these footnotes to understand. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, that hit home. It'll say stuff like, "Oh, you know, manga characters always say there's only one way out, but really, have they explored all their options?" <laughs> so <laughs> there's some really there's some really smart little self-deprecating stuff. Although part of me felt sorry for the artist because it's a, a writer, and then there's an artist, and sometimes the the, the writer make some pretty mean comments about the artist, you know? Like it says, mm. oh, this artist's female characters have same face syndrome. They all look alike except for the hair. Or like Bruce Banner, like, unless we told you it's Bruce Banner, you wouldn't know because his character, you know, depiction is so generic. <laughs> so, anyway, he's, I don't know how, it seems a little mean-spirited. <laughs> but, you know, if that's the spirit of Deadpool, and that seems true to it, I'll respect that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, also, can I can I point out? Of course, Deadpool's favorite character is Devil Man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's also some really clever little bits where they reference Fire Punch, which is a manga by the guy who did Chainsaw Man, and they have this Demon Slayer parody where they have the two characters of Demon Slayer eating chimichangas. So yeah, it was good. It's if you like and uh, enjoy manga and Marvel comics, this is kind of this is going to hit notes for both of you. Mm. for me it was the manga parts that i think were the most successful my deadpool is the joe kelly ed mcginnis deadpool and i just looked that up right now and that's from 20 years ago yeah i bet there's been some character development and changes in the last 20 years i haven't read the like much beloved runs of famous comedians that have come since then so for me yeah the manga stuff i thought those were like the best jokes they hit the best the devil man stuff like yeah i really liked that but the other stuff, the the contemporary Marvel stuff was more of a miss for me, I guess. But 
you know, I think that's why we have such diverse podcasters on this podcast. Chip, you seem to love it all. Yeah, you you really should check out some of the current Marvel stuff. I've heard they've got some great writers. But before we <laughs> before we before we wrap this up, I, I I really want this image to get into the show notes if this will allow it, <laughs> which is maybe my favorite symbiote drawing of all time, which is the the reveal of the the pop star as the symbiote with human hand wrapped around the tongue. It's just such a good image. Like if I was into like goth metal tattoos, that's the tattoo I would get. <laughs> nice. That's that's high praise indeed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let me go around one last time. So now that you've read Deadpool Samurai Volume One, would you check out Volume Two? Hmm. That's tough. It ends on a cliffhanger, and I hate that <laughs> as a reader. So it's like oh, I kind of just want to know what happens and see it through to the ending. So yeah, I'd probably read Volume Two just to just to see what happens. I'm kind of curious. How about you, Chip? I would read volume two because I, I support my dear friend, David brothers. And, and also, yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's super fun. I, I would, I would like to see what happens after this. I'm going to have to be the downer and say, I'm not probably not going to check out volume two, but I'm glad you guys found it fun and, and entertaining. I don't know. It's just, mm, I, don't, I, I guess I don't feel as invested in Deadpool. So maybe that's mm. why it was coming. Oh, okay. Fourth wall breaking. Cool. Nice. Next. (laughs) (laughs) If I hadn't caught the two Deadpool movies on a plane, I'd probably be on Team Deb on this one, but I have. And since that's the version of the character that they're playing a lot with, yeah, I think that fourth wall breaking over the top and really surprising violence actually (laughs) in this is like, he's just murdering dudes. And it sort of fits in with the movie continuity in that way. I'm, yeah, like I said, I would, uh, it was, it would, it's such an interesting experiment. And of course, supporting my friend, David brothers, then I do want to see where the second volume goes for the record. Before we end it, I just want to say, I'm not actually a Deadpool guy. Like I, 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 I read them when I kind of, I need to, I, I've watched a, a, one of the movies probably, but I still love this. So even if you don't necessarily like Deadpool, you might like this. Hmm. Nice. Pretty good. That's a pretty good score today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Deadpool Samurai Volume 1 by Sanshiro Kasama and Hikaru Uesugi is available now from Viz Media and print and in digital. Go to bit.ly Deadpool Podcast to read a free preview. And we're back. I hope that was a good commercial break and wasn't for anything too sad. Like when I listen to the podcast, I get just the saddest workplace safety injury <laughs> advertisement. So I hope yours were better. I get socks. Uh, yeah, you get socks. That's yeah. I guess the only people spending money on podcast advertising in Canada are the government as opposed to in the U S where capitalism uh, runs wild. <laughs> My question of the week comes from Tim Burnham in email. And I want to direct this one directly at our good friend, David. Tim says, my question stems from recently devouring Dandadan after hearing Deb's description and recommendation for, of it for the show, but it pertains to any fairly new title. About how long does it take for a new title to be released in English, assuming it's deemed popular enough? Do the publishers tend to bank a certain number of chapters before producing a physical release so that they can keep to some kind of standard release schedule? David, as our resident <laughs> manga editor, 
and without giving away any trade secrets, yeah. do you have any thoughts on this particular question from Tim? Yeah, first, good friend, David. That's very presumptuous, but I will roll with it for now. It hurts me. It hurts <laughs> me that you would say that. <laughs> but me and Jenny are going to have to form a support group, uh, right? The, but the answer is the frustrating, it varies. If something's burning up the charts and it's very obviously going to be a hit, then people will license it and get it out on the shelves as soon as humanly possible. Generally, mm. any publisher is going to be limited by the print edition that's available in Japan. Because even though there are a lot of Japanese ebooks and you know more all the time, thanks to sites like bookwalker.jp, like the print edition is kind of the definitive edition, same way it is for us. So if you license a series and you're like, well, the chapter break would make more sense at, you know, after chapter five instead of chapter seven, or the volume break, sorry, you're kind of stuck. Like it has to be what it was in Japan. That's sort of the deal. So publishers can't US publishers don't necessarily bank chapters until release except that they're banking the same chapters that Japanese publishers are banking, if that makes sense. Mm. So we're kind of like a step down the cycle when it comes to production. Timeline-wise, sometimes it's, you know, years. You know, we, we're just now getting definitive Fist of the North Star collections. That started coming out in the 80s. And the manga started, started coming out here in the 90s, I believe. It's just one of those things where, you know, some accountant and lawyer in some dark room, you know, smokes a cigar and does the math and is like, this will be the hit. Let's put this out ASAP versus anything, you know, truly artistic. There's an anime coming out. If there's an anime coming, like if like there's rumors about Netflix, you know, sniffing around, then there's extra motivation to license something. Because if there's an anime, you can probably sell a bunch of, you know, books alongside of it. I want a manga about that cigar chomping executive. It might just be like the evil version of Kosakushima, the manga about <laughs> yeah. the salary man. It just charts his career like from like <laughs> worker to division chief to president. It's like the best boring manga I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> oh, man. We talked a little bit about it in the show notes last week, but there's a book called Japan Inc., which yeah. is actually by Shotaro Ishinomori, who did Common Rider. He had a very various career, but it came out in 83 in Japan and then 88 in North America was translated as a business book from the University of California Press. And it's literally just page after page of unfettered capitalism and like, damn, these politicians trying to get in our way as we make money for the good of society. (laughs) It's literally a page I put up on the Instagram that's just like a businessman slamming down a phone and going, shit politicians and it's like so good it's like wall street right like gordon gecko yeah yeah it has to be like the crying freeman team must have made something like this wow but one thing oh. i forgot to mention actually is digital manga simulpub simultaneous publication mm. which at this point i don't think anyone even says simulpub anymore really but that is basically when the book comes out in J- when the chapter comes out in japan we release the digital version simultaneously which is sort of helping. And that's mostly just for, for Shonen Jump, right? It's mostly Shonen Jump, but it's getting, there are other series that are becoming close to Simo. Like Crunchyroll has a lot of non-Shueisha titles, for instance. There's a lot of Katakawa and Kodansha there. Yen Press is doing that, yeah. Yeah, yeah Yen Press. I read Kakigurui, I believe, comes out every month. Isn't in, that uh, one Square? Oh, it might be. That's interesting. Yeah, there's pretty, yeah. I think pretty much every no, company yeah, has well, Kakigurui is published by Yen, yeah. Okay. Oh, is, okay, yeah. The bigger companies, I would say, have their own kind of simulpub cottage cottages let's say and that's a way to catch up to the japanese release because we can't just printing takes so long like working at image you would turn in the book three months later it's on store shelves it's like six months for graphic novels like in the book industry the deadlines are so far stretched out 
So you really can't turn on a dime the way you would like to because you might not be able to afford all the paper that they need to print it. So Simulpub is a way that a lot of companies are kind of getting around that and getting stories out there like Don to Don. Hmm. Hopefully that answers that the question. Such an informative answer, actually. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's great. Yeah. All right. And with that, let's go into some end of the week shout outs. I've been so busy launching Mong Explaining Extra that I have read or watched nothing. So I'm not going to go this week. Deb, do you have a shout out? I do. I have several. I, I, bet, you, I bet you it's <laughs> a manga. I bet you it's a manga. I bet you it's a manga. That's all I got, man. <laughs> nice. Did I, did, did I consume any non-manga media this week? Um, I watched my, my Beloved Summer. That was on Netflix. It's a really cute little Korean drama about two high school sweethearts who are complete opposites. And then they break up and they get back together again. Is it based on a manhwa? It is, but the manhwa's not anywhere as good. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> like okay. the way that the, the way that the story is structured in the in the drama, and I watched the drama first before I discovered there was a manhwa. The story in the drama is so much better because it okay. it goes back and forth in time. I really like it. The other one I was going to say was I think I mentioned these ones the the sweet and nice kind of boys love kind of not boys love is I cannot reach you by Mika about two high school mm. boys that one's really sweet uh, three volumes out now. Hopefully in the fourth volume, they will actually reach each other. <laughs> <laughs> it is a slow burn. Are there scare quotes around reach? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think, I don't think they're going to reach each other. I see. I, I think see. they're just going to kiss each other. Maybe. What about like a reach but around? They, could be. Wait, three volumes in and they haven't kissed? No, they have kissed. But but there, but okay. but there's always this. Wait, what did that mean? I don't know. Wait, no, that was uh, a mistake. You know, <laughs> Korean dramas. I find out a lot of that revolves around them drinking a lot, uh, and they apparently Korean socializing is kind of like Irish socializing. <laughs> we are going to drink till the sun comes up, and there's no shame in that. And if babies happen, babies happen. Oh man. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> we're reading some manga. David, do you have a shout out this week? Yeah, my shout out, weirdly, are two manga. Chris, earlier Whoa. this episode, you mentioned Laid Back Camp, a manga about yeah. just two girls hanging out in the woods or something. They're- Progressively more girls hanging out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> last Man on Earth, I love it. There's a manga called Girls Last Tour, which is about two young ladies who kind of have a like military surplus motorbike. And it's basically that, but at the end of the world, like the apocalypse happened, like humanity is mostly gone. So they're just wandering the ruins of society, meeting people off and on and having like little emotional encounters, let's say. Having lunch. Yeah. They're having lunch. It's very cute. It sounds very great. It's very melancholy, but like cute melancholy, which is strange. Yeah. And my other is the exact same story, but I want to read just the first two sentences of this. In a world torn apart by an apocalypse, two lonely little girls chance upon a strange video. To their surprise and joy, a girl with long black hair named Sadako climbs out of the TV. But little do they know that Sadako is a vengeful ghost who will kill them in a week. So, same story, but with Sadako from The Ring. And and instead of killing them, they kind of befriend each other and they walk around the end of the world showing people the video. It's... (laughs) It's funny melancholy. So we have cute melancholy uh, and funny melancholy. Sadako at the end of the world and girls last tour. 
All right. Those are some very David suggestions, right? (laughs) (laughs) Chip, any recommendations? Did you read anything on the plane? No, I wrote a script on the plane, but I've been... Nice. That's what I do. I've been late to the party on Search Party, HBO show. I don't know about this. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. We're later than you. (laughs) I always forget the actress's name. She played Maybe on Arrested Development. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's great, yeah. But it's her and a group of friends trying to find an old high school friend who's gone missing, even though they weren't actually close friends with this girl. And that's the Mm. first season. And then it just has this remarkably dark twist. And then the subsequent seasons are just like, just kind of a nightmare surreal show. Like it changes the show completely. And I'm fascinated by it. I'm four seasons in it's five seasons long. And it's, uh, it's, it's really, really interesting. Was it canceled or did it finish? I don't know. All I know is there's five seasons. seasons. I I feel like it was probably like a half and half thing. Like once you find out you got your fifth season, you're like, "Eh, we should probably wrap this up because nobody on manga explaining knows what it is. Yeah. <laughs> we are the tastemakers. Alia Shawkat is her name. That's it. Forever. Alia Shawkat. Yeah. yeah. She's great. Yeah. She's really, really good in it. And John Early, who's a comedian, is mm. insanely funny in it. And I, I, I love him so much. He, he, he was in Tim Robinson's I Think You Should Leave, I'm pretty sure. And he had, he had like a half hour comedy special on Netflix as well that people should check out. He's really, really funny. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's been an episode of Manga Splaining. We hope you enjoyed it. We read our dining table. We talked about some Deadpool, two great tastes that go very well together, <laughs> I assume. We uh, launched a publishing company. It's been a week. Thank you so much for listening. And check us out, mongasplainingextra.com. And we will see you again next week for the last episode of the season, which is Akira, <gasps> Volume 3. See you then. This has been Manga Splaining, episode number 50, Our Dining Table by Mito Ori. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be reading Akira, Volume 3, by Katsuhiro Otomo. Want to pick up a copy? Please consider supporting your local comic and manga specialty shop. You can find one near you at comicshoplocator.com or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com And don't forget to check out our newsletter and publishing endeavor at mangasplainingextra.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.